Hello everyone and welcome to Anime Club After Dark's movie reviews, a spoiler-free discussion detailing the good, the bad, and the downright ridiculous of anime movies. I'm your host Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and I'm joined tonight for the very first time by our chivalry of Shota's Shotaro. Pop off, sis. <laughs> and tonight, good lord, and tonight you and I are going to be reviewing Summer Wars. Yay! Uh, yes, yay indeed. Uh, so a little bit of uh, background information. So Summer Wars is an anime film uh, that was released in Japan back in August of 2009. So it is over a decade old now. Uh, it was directed by uh, Mamoru Hasoda. Uh, he also was the originator of the story. The screenplay for the actual movie itself was written by uh, Sakato Okudera. Um it was produced by Madhouse, which you can definitely tell by looking at the animation in it. Uh, it it's definitely aged well. Um, and uh, after its complete run throughout the world, it ended up grossing an international box office of 18.4 million U.S. dollars. So now that all that's out of the way, uh, let's actually talk about what you and I think of this movie, because you and I both rewatched this movie today. Um, I think it's also worth pointing out that you and I both rewatched the dub instead of the sub. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I watched the sub originally. Oh, really? Because I, I, until today, because be- when I started watching the movie, which is something that John and I have done in the movie reviews that we have done so far, is we typically will watch the first um, few minutes of the movie sub, and then we'll watch, we'll rewatch the first few minutes again dub, and then we'll decide which one to watch. Um, but I, I did that this time, even though you and I watched it separately. And uh, I have to say, I, I still prefer the dub. This is one of those anime movies or just anime in general that I just I preferred the dub. It's how I originally watched it, and I still prefer it that way. I never watch dubs, but I watched it because it was the only way I was going to force my family to watch it with me. So Yeah, well, given the themes of this movie, your family is a good uh, good group of people to watch it with. Um, but I want to talk first about the art and animation. Um, so as I said, this movie movie came out in 2009 and it was done by Madhouse. Um, and it's definitely indicative of Madhouse's style back then, I would say, especially when it comes to the animation, uh, during the fights that you have in this like digital world of Oz where like half of the story ends up taking place. Uh, the fight scenes are really fluidly animated, um, which is a, is a huge contrast to the stuff you see in the real world where like character designs are clunky and they're stumbling over and around all the places and like very boxy character designs. It's, it's a huge contrast. It's almost like you're watching two different movies. Boxy. I don't know if you... I wouldn't really call them boxy. They're like all just like stick figures. <laughs> They're not stick figures, but they're very simple character designs in the real world. That's kind of what I meant by boxy, like very simple, like geometrical shapes and like easy outlines. I really find it geometrical, but simple designs. Sure. Um, which is what Everyone's you would so expect. Thin. <laughs> yeah, I know they're all little shrimps. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what you kind of expect from anime movies. There's not a lot of anime movies that have very um, unique character designs, unfortunately. Um, I don't know if they do this because they think it's classy or if it's like supposed to appeal to a non-otaku uh, audience. But it's there. 
But um, well, there's, there's there's another possibility. It's just easy to draw. But this is literally oh, two hours compared to the run of a television series. I'm just saying it. It's a possibility. Then but why don't we the, see the character this, designs? Why don't we see this kind of character designs in television series? We literally only in movies. I mean, you got it. You got a point. I'm. This also the character designs themselves are somewhat indicative of other Mamoru Hosoda works, namely hmm. uh, the Wolf Children and the Girl Who Leapt Through Time. So, I mean, this could also be a Mamoru Hosoda thing. Just the the how very thin every character seems to look. I feel like Wolf Children. No, you're right. Wolf Children did have these kind of characters. Maybe it is his uh, personal taste. But, um, I mean, they weren't horrible. I mean, it's just different from, like, normal anime. I still mm. it, it was still had its, like, simplistic charm. Um, so I like the character designs. Uh, but, and even though they had rather simplistic character designs, the way they animated the characters moving was... Mm. Uh, pretty good it was very lifelike how everyone was like moving and like bumping into each other and like i recall the scene where you know those kids on their i know they're not but they look like they're on their switches (laughs) just like in a car and then the car is just like tilting to the left and tilting to the right (laughs) and then you see the kids like bodies sliding across the seats i mean like it's really good anatomical movement um, mm. And it really makes you feel like it's an actual, you know, uh, like an, you're you're looking at an actual um, scene happening. You really get yeah. uh, into the scenes and that are happening. Unlike a, unlike a lot of anime character designs, the characters in this have like appropriately proportioned eyes for the sides of their heads, which is really weird at first, but you grow to get used to it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um. Which it's very unanime, but also anime at the same time. I don't really know how else to describe it. It's just they have like more correctly proportioned eyes, and it also makes their their faces, I think, more expressive. Like for for as like generic looking as some of the character designs are, when they're having their big spastic moments, their faces are very expressive. I guess so. Um, but even when they are like spazzing out, it's still very uh, limited or very. Mm like calmed down compared to what you would expect of anime i don't know if that's a product of the time i i think it is because there's other films from around that time and i mean i know i'm pointing out a mamoru hosoda film but like the girl who leapt through time does the exact same thing kind of reminds me of the animation and character design of welcome to the nhk yes i yes i now Which was that. also around that time, and is also Madhouse? Question mark. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's definitely Madhouse. Um, I do believe it was around the same time. Yeah, two thousand seven, I think. Okay, so a couple years before, or but yeah, not. definitely Madhouse. Look at the wrong thing. Got the wrong thing. Give me the wrong information. <laughs> it's two thousand six. Big difference. Okay. okay, but it's still not that far away. But it is Madhouse, so. It, it, it's par for the course, I think, in that regard. Yeah. Um, so uh, a couple other things to mention about the art and animation. Um, the the stuff that takes place in the real world is very natural colors. You know, your greens, your browns, your your you know 
blues, but then you get to the the world of Oz, and everything is so very brightly colored and very pastel. It, it, it's it's a huge contrast, and it makes it very easy to tell like you're in a completely different world now. And I, I love that contrast of like the online world versus the real world. Mm-hmm. And the art um, style in Oz is almost like it's almost like a Animal Crossing kind of like Minecraft figures. You know, I, mean, like very... I don't think that's. I don't. I don't think that's entirely wrong. Uh, it's it's that much like of a contrast, bobblehead yeah. people. Um, I don't know if it was CGI, but it seemed very CGI. And you know, normally I would say this is cheap and I can't watch this, but <laughs> in summer war in summer wars, it somehow worked out because it looked somewhat normal. So yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I am too. And and the CGI that is in this in this movie, especially during the fights and the stuff that goes on in Oz, is actually done really, really well, I think. I will say they animated the final boss monster really nicely. I mm-hmm. like how they did that. Yes. Yeah, like really fluid CGI and, and it blends well uh with the two D that's done in the world of Oz. Not that there's a lot. I think a lot of what you see in Oz is CG. I think only at least I the mean, animation I guess that goes the, on there is cg well i guess like king cosma and um what's her face the woman Natsuki. yeah her i think those <laughs> are the only non-cg people yeah but anyway it was done really well especially considering the time it came out which was known for having some really shitty cg honey there's still stuff now that is shittier than what i'm seeing in some that's Wars. true that's very true all right so moving on to some sound and design and scoring uh, i think we already kind of touched on it but yeah the 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 dub voice acting in this is very much above average especially for the time that the dub was made back in the late or what was be or very early 2010s it's just i won't necessarily say it's better than the sub but it definitely stands out for other uh dub performances of of the time and it's probably why I enjoy just hearing it dubbed now. I will agree that it is above average, but it's still not up to my high standards of a Japanese-only voice acting, okay? One one day we will find an anime no. dub for you where you actually Wait. think it's better than the sub. Well, the Castlevania dub is good. <laughs> that is that is very true. That is a very good Only dub. Only time I will listen to an English dub is when it is the native dub. Um, something else uh, I think worth briefly mentioning is um, the Foley and sound effects, especially during the fight scenes and the, um, I guess, the final boss battle at the end, I guess we'll call that, with the, the Hanafuda game. Uh, really well done. Uh, especially during the card battle where you hear all the cards come out and it makes that very satisfying sound like you're at the ATM like (laughs) okay (laughs) listen as an adult I have grown to love that sound oh no it's like I go up to this machine it's like it's giving me money oh god I don't know what version you watched but the version that I watched the um the foley was so much louder than the voice acting and it was hard to like pick a volume see that yes th- th- i will say that there were times where the sound effects th- that that's more of a sound mixing issue but the actual quality of the sound effects was really really good but yeah there was definitely a sound mixing issue at certain parts uh, of this an- of this movie 
Mm-hmm. And especially and I, when you when there were, were there were scene transitions where you would go from a really quiet dialogue scene between two people, and you would immediately go to a, like an action based scene where it's like there's a bunch of stuff going on. And it's like, oh my god, I am down now deaf. Yeah, it got really loud, and then when it went back to the quiet scenes, I'm like, oh, what are you saying? I can't hear you. Huh? Are you whispering? Hello. Let me, let me put let me put my hearing aid in so I can fucking literally. But no, I mean the voice acting was still pretty quality. As mm. much as I hate it, I mean hate yes. on it. <laughs> um, and the, really the last thing I really want to touch on before we move to story stuff is the OST. Um, I would say largely just kind of mediocre to above average but there are times especially during the tense fight moments like the the first fight with king cosma and the big bad love machine which i fucking love the fact that the ai boss is called love machine um makes no sense yes it does um the 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 ost during these fights and especially during the the hanifuda uh, boss battle at the end was really well done. It suited the, it suited what you were seeing on screen so damn well. Yeah, there was this one track that I really liked um, near the end of the Hanifuda scene, um, and it really made the the scene, you know, climax well. Yes. Um, all right. So moving on to the story and the narrative and the structure of the. Uh, what was being done? I have I so I I have said in the past that I have a slightly love hate relationship with Summer Wars, and this is where the hate part comes in. So, uh, I think that the initial setup to the story is really badly done. I agree, but I think that they just keep going on and on and on. Like, girl, I got it from the first three sentences. You didn't <laughs> need to give me all this exposition. I think someone greenlit Hosoda for way too much screen time. And he didn't need all that screen time, girl. Listen, See, this you could have this, edited this... it down. No, I actually disagree. I think there needed to be more. I actually no! think instead of a instead of a movie, there, this actually should have been maybe like a six or a seven episode OVA series because it would have been a really great way to actually build out this narrative. Because I mean, the overall narrative is the the main girl Natsuki needs a fake boyfriend. Okay, fine, but why? Why did you choose this person? Why did you originally go to him? I would like to have seen that. Yeah, I don't know why she out. chose him. That is an that is. A question. I mean, it's that kind of it's 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 sort of explained in an offhanded line that they are in the same club in school and that's how they know each other. But I mean, that's so offhanded. I would like to have seen some. Isn't she like the most popular girl in her class? I Why? don't know. I don't she... think that's ever really explained. I think they like, or at least in the dub that I watched, the, the glasses friend was like. Oh, you're going out with the most popular girl in the class. But um, <laughs> if she is the most popular girl, then why did she have to go around begging? Couldn't she just be like, snap, snap, bitch. I got so 10 why did she go to this random waiting. nerd? Huh? <laughs> why did she choose this random nerd? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of questions that I think if this had been like a, like a, a an anime miniseries, we could have gotten so much more out of it. And I would have liked that because the ending of the movie would have made would have impacted me a lot more had I known more about the backstory of some of these characters in Natsuki's family. 
Oh. Like you're given, you're given like four or five lines for each of them. It says, "All right, this is what I do. This is where I came from. This is how I'm related to her." And then you just kind of have to go on that. I'm like, "Bitch, give me more. Why should I care about this one person?" Oh, I don't think the people needed more uh, exposition. I think they're more like supposed to be reminders of your own family and be like, "Oh, you know that guy, and you know that girl, and you know that bitch. You know she always there." <laughs> which is which is where the love part in my love hate relationship comes in because that's the thing I relate to the most about this movie. It's themes of like family helping each other. That's I, like I I don't know about you show but i actually have a really big extended family kind of like the family in this movie and that like the scene where they're all first together eating together at the toward the beginning of the film like that's what every fucking thanksgiving looks like at my family's house (laughs) no there's like 18 19 20 of us all together around the same table god um i relate to that really well no i don't i can't say that i've had uh, is, is your family like get or dinners that like hectic sometimes yes oh my god no i don't think i've ever had um as hectic as is depicted or as large as is depicted of a family get together as that but i mean i've had like some pretty big family get togethers you know Mm. um i I can definitely relate on a lot of different levels uh, for various characters and scenes in uh this anime um So even if it's, like, not, like, exactly um, parallel to what you and your family are like, I'm pretty sure if you're going to watch this that, like, you'll find at least some relation to it. Yeah, especially if you're really close to a lot of your family like I am, you'll definitely be able to relate to a lot of the arguments and the, you know, goading and shit that goes on at the first dinner with the family altogether. (laughs) And even if you're not close to your family, you know, you got yeah. Wabiske. You do. You Ma- do your home the... skillet there, <laughs> Ransolo Dolo. You have you have the black sheep, yes, because every family has one. Um, but it is it's my favorite part of this movie. Like it, it, as cool as the tense boss battle is at the end, and the fight with King Cosma and Love Machine. Like I. I love this more for the the quiet moments with the Jinouchi family members because to me it's where the best dialogue in the entire story is and it's also where I relate to the story the most. And maybe that's just me personally, but I feel like there's a lot of people that could say the same thing. I mean, there are a lot of emotional highs and lows that go on with the relationships between the family in this mm-hmm. movie. Surprisingly, um... This movie feels like it. I was watching it for way longer than I was actually watching it. Like my, it feels like it's told me a story of a very, very long relationship between all these people. Um, but yeah, I, I def like all these emotional uh, spikes were really hard hitting, um, really relatable, and I really enjoyed watching it. And it's like I said to me, this is where that's where the abs- the story absolutely shines. Now, the actual plot, um, you pointed this out to me before we uh, started recording. Uh, you're a Digimon fan, and you have seen many things Digimon oh, yes. related in your life. Oh yeah, and you pointed out to me how similar the plot line in this story is to the first was it the first Digimon movie. Uh, I don't know what number it is, but Digimon 
our war game, as it is known, I guess, in Japan, um, is another film that was also directed by Hasoda. And the, the plot of the Digimon film is basically identical to the plot of Summer Wars, uh, subtract the family. So everything that has to do with the internet is literally scene for scene the same the same movie. Um, which is not a bad thing, because I did love that movie, honey. <laughs> it's not a bad thing for you, certainly. <laughs> oh, honey, no. Honey, that's a plus. And you did, you did point out that like the avatars get in, in Summer Wars kind of get hurt in the same way that they do in the Digimon movie. I mean, like all the plot points, all of the, um, you know, defeats and then comebacks, they're all the same. The, mm. literally the same thing it's literally the same script they use the, not the same script but the same like you know pitch that, yeah that but some maybe it's like that that movie was like soda's pitch to making his own movie at some point it's like one day i'm gonna make a movie like this just not this one day i won't have to pay up to the copyright of digimon yes. and make my own money honey <laughs> by ripping my I, my own work off I will say, the, like, the basic premise of the movie, though, uh, especially considering when it came out, was kind of prophetic in a way. Um, back in 2009, the internet wasn't quite as ubiquitous as it is now, um, and there certainly wasn't a whole lot of government agencies that put a lot of their stuff online. There were several, especially in the West, but it wasn't anywhere near as ubiquitous, ubiquitous as it is now. So that's one thing the, the movie kind of got right about the future. Mm-hmm. And it's also worth mentioning this movie is supposed to take place like a couple of years into the future when it was made. Um, but it's definitely something that it got right that uh, I think stands the test of time. That Def- you have these well, things like the ubiquity of social media and and the internet and you know these conglomerates that exist online and these online communities. Yeah, surprisingly, this is the themes brought up in this movie are still relevant today. It also brings up, you know, themes of technophobia and uh, fear of nuclear um, war, which... And artificial intelligence. Yes, that as well, Um, which I personally always find interesting because, um, you know, they are all, again, relevant. um, And it's always, I don't know, entertaining to see what people think the technology will develop into in such a way that will destroy us all yeah for me personally i always like seeing like past depictions of what people thought the world was going to be like in the future it's always very entertaining to see what they got right and what they got wrong Mm-hmm. Um, i mean like, it, yeah especially if you, especially the, there's there's like newsreel films that were made back in the 40s and 50s of people trying to predict what the year 2000 would be like and it's amazing that they got very many things cl- very close to being right and then it's hilarious to see the things they got wrong yeah i mean even today there are so much media that is technophobic mm. and just like how technology is going to go wrong um i don't think this film is as bad as you were talking about that like it's so far let off left field that it makes no sense because i think it is still relevant oh yeah but, for sure um, I mean, th- it still has themes that we see in current day um, media, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. 
for a more than decade old movie. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a couple of other things to point out, and then we'll wrap this up and give it a, a score. Um, I didn't notice this until I rewatched it today when we were, before we recorded. This movie has a lot of product placement in it, and I mean uh-huh. a lot. Um, I don't know if that was necessary to get this movie funded at the time, but um, and I didn't re- and like I said I didn't really notice it when I originally watched it back in the day. Um, I've watched it three times now, and this is the first time I really noticed it. I don't know if I was looking out for it now or what, but I mean, when are you not looking out for it? <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just so noticeable, and I can't believe that it took three watches for me to notice all the product placement in it. I so. feel like every anime you watch, you tell me about all the product placements. <laughs> Oh, I notice it a lot in anime movies now because I think a lot of anime movies today require it to get financed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just something that weird that I never noticed before when I rewatched it. Um, but the last thing I want to talk about is a question that you brought up before we started. Do you think that this story is too embedded in Japanese culture? You know, watching it this time, I felt like it kind of... Well, I was watching with my family, so I feel I felt like it kind of lost my family when, you know, they were having the koi koi moments and when they mm. were, like, reminiscing about their samurai accomplishments. I'm like, this is kind of hard to relate to. Uh, but I think it may be just, uh, just slightly too much, just slightly too much Japanese culture to be, to mm. appeal to the wide uh general public um but it's just just a bit over you know just tiny bit over i think yeah i I definitely see what you're saying i mean yeah i would say it's got just a little too much japanese culture to have a broad um appeal to a non-japanese or non-asian audience i feel like if they remade this story and they changed the the samurai background to like, I don't know, World War vets, and then they changed Hanefuda to like chess or like a more global game. It the climax might have been a bit more intense. Yeah, I mean the climax yep. was still not bad, even though I didn't understand what she was doing. <laughs> <laughs> it was still pretty cool, but I feel like it might have been cooler if I did understand what she was yeah doing. i mean i mean honey food is a real game but it's not a game that's played by an enormous amount of people outside of japan so i mean if you had something like chess or uh, checkers is probably too comedic um or just a more worldly recognized game i think it would have had more of an impact for people outside of japan like poker or blackjack something, something. i mean th- they end they end it when they're having this this um Hanefuda battle it's in a casino I mean there's many casino games that are you know recognized the roulette. world over I don't know if roulette would work because that doesn't really require skill <laughs> no it has it requires almost no skill it's all luck yeah but trust me it's a game I play saying. a lot oh no uh but that's it so let's wrap this up uh, show what score out of 10 would you give summer wars Honey, I, I forgot that we were doing a score, so you tell me first. Well, I, I can tell you what I originally gave it back in the day. Uh, back in the day, I gave it uh, like a 9 out of 10. After rewatching it today, I have actually downgraded that to an 8 out of 10. Oh my god, no, Alex! I also downgraded it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I had originally given it a 10 out of 10. Wow. <laughs> Shocking. It's like, woo! Okay, I went a little bit overboard there. But now that I've watched it again, I think that it is, you know, I think it's a 9 out of 10. You know? Okay. It gave me the feels that I don't get a lot with other anime. I think it gave me a unique emotional reaction. So I think it deserves a 9 out of 10. But it's not a 10 out of 10 because I don't like movies. <laughs> I like how... I like that... that <laughs> I like your... Jesus Christ show. I don't like movie movies. Be a 10 out of 10 because I don't like movies. I don't... It's a movie. Not gonna work for me. <laughs> All right, well, that is Summer Wars. So thank you all there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find this on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, BitChute, SoundCloud, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have ideas for topics or movies you would like for us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, show. Koi koi, bitch. <laughs> hey, you want to hear something funny? What? The whales in Oz are named John and Yoko. I love those whales. They're so adorable. (laughs) Oh, my God.